Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune this week, September the 9th, 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, 15 states and the District of Columbia are suing the Trump administration. Ladies and gentlemen, headlines out of Barron's this week, September the 6th. Stranger than fiction, Dow gains 54 points as Trump and Dems reach debt ceiling deal. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. We have a hurricane, stock market rallies. North Korea fires a projectile over sovereign Japanese territory. The stock market rallies. Tornadoes, stock market rallies. Earthquakes, the stock market rallies. Earnings fall, the stock market rallies. Published September the 7th, billions of dead trees force U.S. fire crews to shift tactics. This headline is out of the Seattle Times. Ladies and gentlemen, this is off the charts. About 6.3 billion dead trees are standing in 11 western states, up from 5.8 billion, according to U.S. Forest Service statistics compiled for the Associated Press. Since 2010, a massive infestation of beetles has been the leading cause of tree mortality in the West and now accounts for 20% of the standing dead trees, the Forest Service said. The rest were killed by drought, disease, fire, and other causes. Problem with this is, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are so many dead trees, and according to the Flathead Beacon, this was uh, released via the Associated Press, on the 7th, the 2017 wildfire season in the U.S. is far worse than expected. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this article details this in the Seattle Times. There are so many dead trees that the firefighters are trying to fight these huge forest fires and Randomly, trees will fall around them as we're trying to fight the fires. Ladies and gentlemen, I know all about this dead tree syndrome. I've seen references to it before in history. Right before God unleashed the black blizzards. But 
I guess according to that this generation that is neither here nor there. This way uh, this week this was published on the Washington Post Israeli airstrike targets Syrian military site as tensions rise. Ladies and gentlemen, in yet another act of war, the Israelis have sh- struck the Syrian government. They hit a Syrian military site. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no consternation with anybody on this planet. Everybody, if you took the names out of this equation, everybody would immediately say, of course those respective governments are going to declare war. Of course they are. But not according to this generation. Everything just goes on as it has always gone on. Democracy is dying in the darkness. We, your co hosts, <laughs> I said that wrong, didn't I? Well, I guess we are kind of your co host because it is the Lord God of heaven who doth rule and reign who's writing this script. He is your host. It amazes me how many people are so afraid of so many different things like dying when it is plainly laid out for you in the scripture that you die until the Lord your God takes back that which he gave you. You're going to live until he takes back his breath of life, no matter what happens to you. Even if you are in the dead of space, you will not die unless God takes his breath of life back from you. It's the only thing that will undo you. That is the only thing that can cause you to be de-animated. And instead of fearing the Lord their God, they fear Planes, trains, automobiles, lions, tigers, and bears, and anything else that is below his throne. It absolutely amazes me. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a set of equal opposites that is really the top of the pecking order. There's only one set of equal opposites you need to know. That is fear and faith. You only have one or the other. That's it. That's all. We, your host, Clinton Coach, Brian Ingram, and Matthew Miller, have properly oiled the saddles. We've made sure that our steeds are properly shoed with brand new, ah yes, iron-sided horseshoes. Fasten your seatbelts and get your trays into the upright position, ladies and gentlemen. For the next 120 minutes, we're going to show you, in more ways than one, about how close we are. We're so close that the start gun has been unholstered, and it's already pointing into the air. And yet the Lord waits. The Lord tarries. You will reap 
repent in the midst of your rebellion and finally wake up and realize you've been lied to. You can't party on. You cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven having used the blood of Christ as a license for liciousness. That's impossible. That's not going to happen. As for me, I'm sitting in the stands like everybody else. Everybody else has got their eyes on the bets they've placed. But me, I'm looking square at the guy in the white and black striped shirt, looking right at him, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, pull. The trigger. Why are you gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie? Let's ride.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the Tribune. Let's get the guys right in the saddle. Uh, Clinton, how's your week progressed, and what particularly have you been looking at this week in the news? You know, uh, the first thing I have to say is is uh, your introduction this morning or this afternoon, uh, you know, was touching. Um, and, and, it, and with all the stuff that's going on in the world and all the craziness going on in the world, it, you know, I, I just wanted to spend a, a little bit just saying, you know, how thankful I am for what I have. And, and I'm thankful for, for you guys. I'm thankful for the show, and I'm thankful for my wife, and I'm thankful for all that God has given me uh, for, for what's going on in, the, in this crazy, crazy world and everything that's developing that, that you know, I'm where I'm at and, and that I'm able to see and witness and, and explain everything to the masses that are going on. So this what, what's going on right now is unbelievable, and I'm just – I'm blessed to be here with you guys, and I'm blessed to be here to to talk to to everyone about what we see and what's going on in the world. So, so I, I just want to spend that time saying thank you. Amen, Clinton. No doubt about that. Amen. And I am pricked to remind everybody. You'll take note that Clinton didn't say he was afraid he was going to lose his wife. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Do you not know? You can't be thankful when you're afraid. That's why you've been commanded multiple times in multiple books, ladies and gentlemen. You are to fear the Lord your God alone. Just Him. Because it's only when you listen to Him and do what He says that you're able to be thankful for everything else he's given you. Surely you know that. Brian, how has your week progressed, buddy? How how are you doing? How's your health issues this week? And uh, what have you been keeping your eyes on in, in the news this week? Well, it's been a lot of the uh, watching some of these same circumstances begin to develop here and then of course we've had a lot of uh natural disasters of uh rather on a major scale hitting the new world here so it's been uh one of those interesting weeks uh nonetheless uh, my health is sort of up and down and that's pretty much about it for the time being well ladies and gentlemen as far as I am concerned. Um, been a very, very hard week. I've been working on a roof. We're building a gas station, uh, and it's a metal roof, so you can't exactly stand on it or you will fall to your death. <laughs> so and I've been out of town, and at the place I'm staying, it's provided for by my employer. We don't have Internet or cable, and... Um, well, I have a wife and five children, so, you know, they burn up our data usually in the first three days. It's gone. So that kind of hinders what I'm doing online. I really can't do anything, and, uh, well, I've been so tired anyway that I would get home. and uh, Well, like Thursday, I got home, took a shower, and came in to get dressed and laid down instead, and 
next thing I know, I'm waking up. It's like two o'clock in the morning, and I'm still laying on the bed in my bath towel. So, uh, and this week, uh, Clinton and I were going to get together and do a separate broadcast. Uh, just didn't happen. It just couldn't happen. The Lord said no. Okay. Uh, things seem to be being limited. Uh, you know, everybody knows that. Three or four weeks ago, me and uh, Brian started to do uh, some midweek stuff, but you know, then God put a bunch of stuff on on our plates, and He said no. And when He says no, well, we we can't do what we want to do. It doesn't matter what Brian and I want. It does not matter that Clinton and I got together. We agreed on a particular topic on what should be done, and that show should have been done. Obviously, God did not want that show to be done, and there's nothing to cry about. You all need to consider that the three of us are in the crosshairs. I mean, when you really think about it, why would thine enemy target you? No, really. I mean, I understand that most of you believe that what you do socially is important. And I understand that you can, by definition, say that what the three of us do is social. Yes, it, it, it is social, but this is a ministry. We're only engaged socially the stead of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we're there. I mean, if you think I'm doing the social networking sites because I want to, you're daft. Even my wife will tell you that. Look, she usually has to argue with me to pull me away from the Bible. I'm usually the first one up from the dinner table running to my Bible. A lot of times I get in trouble for that because, you know, they're sitting there wanting to have a conversation. Well, you know, believe me, the last thing on earth I want to do is write public post and be attacked. I mean, oh my goodness, this week, I just, oh my goodness, I'm so tired of these people attacking me from, oh my goodness, people that I was foolishly engaged with long before Brian ever showed up. And, and you know, I'm, why on earth will they want to attack me? I mean, we haven't spoken literally, so... Anyway, please try to remember that. But we three have great big targets on our forehead, and we know it. We do that voluntarily. That's why the godless look at us three like we have obvious mental problems. Why would you do that on purpose? Why would you walk around with a great big bullseye on your head? Hey, by the way, did you know written on your back in great big letters is please stab me? You, you all think that's, that's fun. You know, it's not fun whenever Clinton's finances get attacked or when Brian has entities 
cross the threshold of his house. You don't even want to know what I've gone through personally. This isn't fun, but we're doing the best that we can. As God is my witness, we're doing the best that we can. And we're just like ducks at the circus, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we got six or seven people shooting us, and we just go down, get back up, down, get back up, down. I mean, it's ping, I go down, ping, I go down, ping. I mean, sometimes I don't even get back in the upright position, and another BB hits me. May that all be a sign and a seal for all of you. That by God you'll know when Clinton, Brian, and my ministry's done. Because we will graduate to Paradiso. We will graduate to Paradise. So, in lieu of that, I am sorry for that lengthy diatribe. I perhaps am a little bit more tired, but I wasn't able to take a nap today due to other things, because when you get home and you're away from work all week, then you have a lot to do and have to deal with. So I apologize to Clinton again. Um, I'm cutting into his time. Uh, Clinton, uh, let's please get on with what the Lord our God wants us to do. Uh, get right in the saddle and uh, take us where we're going this week with your news diatribe. You know, I wanted to add on what you just said. Um, I, I think it was uh, you know Freud that talked about how we're motiva- motivated by either fear or love. And, and those two things are what motivates every individual. And either we allow love to motivate us or we allow fear to motivate us. And, and when we do this broadcast, when we, we talk about what's going on in the world, when we expose truth, and, and all we're talking about, everything that we, we present is out there. Everything that we talk about is there. If only people open their eyes and see it. But, but what we're talking out of is love. We're not talking out of fear. We're not presenting fear. We're not portraying fear. We're not saying that we're afraid. We're, we're not even coming close to that. If anything, we are afraid of the one that we should be afraid of, which is God our Lord. And, and if anyone can provide salvation for us, anyone that can provide any kind of love to us, that is what we strive for. So, so during this broadcast, it's, it's only that. So, yeah, as things get progressed and as things move forward, more people are going to be able to see. More people are going to be awakened. More people are going to be woke. And they're going to understand what is going on. And they're going to search for answers. And where are they going to find the answers? Are they going to find it on CNN? Or are they going to find it on Fox News? Are they going to find it on BBC? Or where are they going to find the answers? They're not going to find them there. Because the answers are not there. The answers are in Scripture. The answers are in the Bible. The answers have been given to us a long time ago. But only those that are willing to look, only those that are willing to listen, only those that are willing to to open their eyes, are able to see it. And we are just trying to help open those eyes. That, that's all we're trying to do. And so, yeah, any kind of attacks that come upon us, we welcome those. Not to say, hey, you know, we can take them, 
but because we understand what we're doing. We are here as messengers. We are here as watchmen. We are here to show the truth to the world when others are afraid to say the truth. When others are afraid to say, hey, we're in some serious, serious trouble. Not only the United States of America, not only white people, black people, brown people, yellow people, red people, Chinese people, it doesn't matter. We as people are in trouble. And the trouble that we have is, is based on where we stand internally, not how we look externally. And once we understand that as people, then we can move forward. Then we can progress towards what we actually need to do. And what we need to do is we need to proclaim the truth. You know, God came to us saying that he is the truth. Jesus was the truth. And that is all that we are betraying. Now, with these hurricanes, they're going on. You know, you have Harvey, you have Irma, you have Jose, you have Katia. You have this earthquake. There was 8.2 earthquake that happened in Mexico. These are wake-up signs. If you guys are not waking up to this, what's it going to take? What is it going to take to open your eyes, to realize um, global warming, um, whatever you want to blame it on? Something's happening. Something on a biblical scale is happening. And if you are not willing to recognize that, you are not willing to understand that, you are not willing to realize that you, as a human being, are not a good person, and none of us are. The scripture says if you're guilty once, and you're guilty of them all. So if you portray that yourself, that you are better than someone else, you're wrong. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. I've never said that, and I never will say that. And that is what we need to understand during this time. This is a wake-up time. We, we understand from the sign of Jonah, which was an eclipse. There was 40 days until the, the, the city of Nineveh was going to be destroyed unless they repented. We have 40 days from the eclipse until the sign of Revelation 12. I'm not saying that that is exactly the case, but it's ironic. And since the eclipse, what has happened? Oh, North Korea has gone rogue. They, they blew up a, a hydrogen bomb that is 10 times the size of the one that was dropped on Fukushima, or dropped on uh, Hiroshima. We have hurricanes that took out Houston, Corpus Christi, most of Texas, largest country or the largest state in the United States next to Alaska. We have Irma that's going to take out the entire state of Florida, not just Miami, the entire state of Florida. We've already seen it destroy islands, which by the way is in scripture as well. We've witnessed it with our own eyes. We have an 8.2 earthquake that happened in Mexico. I don't even know when the last time an 8.0 anything happened. The last I know is there was an earthquake that happened in Chile that sped up the rotation of the earth in 2010 to where time sped up. 
That happened in 2010, and that was not an 8.0 earthquake. We just had an 8.2 earthquake in Mexico. And then directly after that, they get hit with a hurricane. If this is not a wake-up sign, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for people to realize that this time we're living in is not normal? You know, I, I go back to an ancient Chinese proverb that says, may you live in interesting times. Well, here you go. This is it. We are there. We are in the most interesting times that you can even portray. And you can't even write about this stuff. If you tried, it would sound like gibberish. Oh, wait. Um, well, read the book of Revelation. It sounds like gibberish. And that is exactly what happened. Trying to describe this time that we're in sounds like gibberish because it's happening so quickly. It's happening so crazily that you don't even have words to describe what is happening. We are supposed to see Irma, Hurricane Irma, take out Florida this week. You know, I mean, those NFL fans out there, I mean, you, you're going to realize that uh, the Tampa Bay, Florida, you know, Miami uh, uh, game is suspended. It's postponed until week 11. Well, that's because maybe there is no Miami. Maybe there is no Tampa. Maybe there is no Florida. We're going to, we don't know. We're going to find out. And then what happens with Hurricane Jose that comes directly afterwards? And just anything that's left behind is destroyed. <laughs> anything. I mean, if you look at the pictures that are coming through with the, the hurricane from Irma, I mean, if you were going to describe apocalyptic disasters, that's what you would describe, is what this hurricane did. What this hurricane Harvey did to Houston, that's what you would describe. And that is what we are witnessing. We are witnessing wildfires going through California, Oregon, Washington, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho. Colorado, they're destroying thousands upon thousands of acres of, wild, of, of trees, of wildlife. So basically the western half of the United States is on fire and the eastern half of the United States is underwater. You describe to me any other time in history when any civilization can describe anything like this. You can't because it's never happened before. The, the, this time that we are upon is not a time saying, oh, well, you know, these things will happen and they've happened before. No, it's because everything happens at the same time. That is what we were seeing. That is what we were witnessing. That is where we are at. It's time to wake up, people. It's time to realize what time it is. You can go off of the, you know, atomic clock that's supposedly two minutes away from midnight. Well, maybe they should move it forward. Because, well, we live in very uncertain times. And, and as we go through the broadcast, you're just going to see that. If you've listened to any broadcast before this, you will see that. All we do is portray truth. And that is what we're here for. No reward other than giving you the truth. Right now, Irma, Jose, Katia, all are going to make landfall this weekend. Three major hurricanes, all hitting 
at the same exact time. Never happened before. May never happen again. And if it does, well, guess what? We're just in the beginning of hurricane season. So this is a very strong possibility that, well, well, you know, it may happen again because we're just at the beginning of hurricane season. We don't even know it's going to develop after this. And then when you look at our own government, we don't even know what's going on there. We have Donald Trump Jr. that was deposed, that was interrogated for five hours. And afterwards, one of the senators that listened to his interrogation for five hours came out with one brief statement that all he said was to anyone you know, concerned, listen to this. And all he did was point out the sanction that if you lie to Congress, you go to prison. That's it. <laughs> so you can put two and two together. Either way, our government is in trouble. The United States of America is in trouble, either from natural disaster or political upheaval or self-made disasters. Why on earth would we decide to destroy and limit that at this point? You can wait six months. You can wait a year. You can wait two years. You can wait 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. It doesn't matter. You can wait before you actually go through and do this. But no, we chose to do that right now. And what does that mean? That means roughly 800,000 young adults, not children, young adults are in jeopardy of being deported that are actually citizens the United States. This doesn't count illegal immigrants. This counts people that were actually brought here as children that are educated, that have a way of producing and paying taxes to the United States government, and they are going to be removed. I mean, there, there's a report, and this, this came from CNN, you know, CNN Money, potentially $60 billion loss in tax revenue to the federal government, and $280 billion for economic growth for, last, for the next 10 years. They're going to be affected once they remove DACA. This is going to affect industries in the tech companies, tourism, construction, trucking, farming, field workers, construction, and manufacturing. So basically, anything that produces anything of worth is going to be affected. So what does that leave us with? It leaves us with service. That leaves us with you go to McDonald's and you buy a Happy Meal, the jobs that are going to be left. Yeah, you can say that, well, it's going to free up jobs for Americans, that they can do those jobs. But right now, California's having an issue where they're trying to pay people $20 an hour, trying to give them 401ks, trying to give them paid time off, trying to give them retirement, and they still can't hire people to pick the fruit off of the trees And so instead, the fruit is rotting, which is our food. So so how does this make sense? How does this help us in any way whatsoever? Well, okay, it doesn't. So, So what do we plan on doing? Well, we actually plan on making it worse. There's a report that came out, and this is from NBC, that talks about Homeland Security canceled massive roundup of undocumented immigrants. They were actually going to round up 8,400 undocumented immigrants later on in September. 
I'd go to their house, knock on their door, or bust down their door, round them up, throw them into some kind of camp or whatever holding facility they needed to before they deported them. This is the largest operation that they have ever done. Ever. They, they've done roundups before, but they've never done anything like this. And this is going to start on September 17th. It's going to last for five days. They're going to round up 8,400 people going door to door. How is this going to help our economy? How is this going to benefit anything? All this is going to do is induce fear. All this is going to do is make people scared to, to go outside and buy anything, to produce anything, to go to work, to do anything. This is not going to help us in any way whatsoever, but this is what we are doing. This is the society that we live in. We, as Americans, were founded on bring me your poor, bring me your wretched, bring me your downtrodden, and I'll give you sanctuary. How is this upholding American guidelines? It's not. How is this upholding Christian guidelines? It's not. And if you say that you're a Christian and you uphold this, who's your God? Is it God or is it money? Because the only thing this benefits is your pocketbook because you got a job. And if you're holding on to your job more than – and you're afraid of your losing your job versus afraid of your salvation, then you've you got the wrong God. Plain and simple. you got the wrong God. And that's what this is portraying. And that is what this is showing. And that is what we are doing. So either we open our eyes or we continue down this path. I mean, if you look at, you know, we talked about housing. We talked about what's going on with the economy in general. And, and we talked about, you know, for instance, like Canada. Canada is very similar to the United States. I mean, they're northern border. They, their economies are very similar. Well, they just recently had a massive drop in Toronto in their housing sales to the point of 35% drop. This it was a decline of 1.9% from last month and is down from 20% from the peak in March. So the housing market is completely shutting down. Sales in August dropped 35%. So they are dropping drastically. And here in Colorado, Colorado, everyone's moving here. Everyone loves Colorado. Everything, everyone's amazing in Colorado. Colorado's the best place in the United States to live because, well, I live here, and I can say that, and I, I believe it. But even here, we are witnessing our second month in housing decline. We're witnessing a drop in the, the sales of 2.4%, and we're seeing the drop in value. The housing, so, uh, the, the number of single-family homes dropped 8.7% from last month to this month. And that's a drop of 10% from last year to this year. This is, a, this is an economy that is the number one economy in the United States. Colorado is the number one economy in the United States. We have people moving in by droves. But yet the value of the homes are dropping and the sales are dropping. But yet supposedly we have Unemployment, that's unbelievable. Everyone's employed. We, we, you know, people can't find workers, but they can't afford a home. Again, how is that Christian? If we're a Christian nation, how is that Christian? Well, we can't even give people a home. It's not. It's not in any way. And so once you realize that we are no longer founded on any Christian principles, 
when it comes to the economics, when it comes to the true God of this country, which is money, then you realize that that God is under attack and that God is losing its power very, very drastically. We talked about last week how the Chinese are making it to where you can buy oil in the yuan and that you can trade the yuan in for gold. That's a gold-based currency, which the United States has not had since Nixon removed us from the gold standard in 71. We've been living on illusions in 71, and China just brought it back to the illusion. And so what's happened to the markets? The markets have, well, if you look at the stock market, everything's fine. They're going up. Everything's great. But if you look at actually where the money's going, it's going to Europe and Japan. It's moving away from the dollar. The strength of the euro is going up and the dollar, the strength is going down. That tells you money is moving from one direction to the next. That doesn't mean that people are happy or that they're content in what's going on with the U.S. dollar. That means that they're afraid. That means that they see the writing on the wall and they think that Europe which is under an incredible crisis when it comes to migrants and comes to insolvency in most European countries, is in better shape than the United States. Japan, who has been in a deflationary cycle for over 20 years, is in better shape than the United States. That is the, the status quo. That is where we're at. Money is flowing to those two areas because they think we are in worse shape than what they are. I mean, the, the dollar has dropped 9.2% this year. It's, it's, it's on a 32-year month low compared to the euro. And it's on a 10-month low compared to the Japanese yen. Money is flowing out of this country like crazy because they know that the illusionary situation with the dollar is done. They know it's over. Gold is rising. It's the highest level it's been all year. Bitcoin, you know, people can talk about Bitcoin. Well, it's been going up like crazy. And the only reason it's going down is because the Chinese and the Russians are trying to put a stop to it. Because they want to peg their own currency to be digital instead of having Bitcoin be so. But at one point, Bitcoin was over $5,000 a coin. Where it started at 1000 three months ago. That's the volatility that is where everyone doesn't have a clue what to do is because they are so afraid of what's going on in the United States. People are buying bonds and what bonds are is basically government debt. Okay. And they're flowing into the UK bonds to the point that they're under 1%. So you buy it 10 years later, you get paid less than 1% or you can buy the Japanese, which everyone's flown into the Japanese debt. So you buy it. Ten years later, you get paid less than what you bought it for. But they consider it safer than the U.S. dollar. That's, that's the, the situation that we're in. That is where we are as a country. If you don't want to open your eyes and see this, go ahead and you know, buy some stuff. You know, go ahead and invest in your 401k. Go ahead and, and whatever you want to do. That's the illusion. That's the point. You look at Connecticut. We talked about Connecticut before. The capital of Connecticut is Hartford. Hartford said that they have 60 days. If the 
the government or the state legislator of Connecticut does not pass a budget in 60 days, the capital of Connecticut, Hartford, will file for bankruptcy, and they will be the first capital in any state to file for bankruptcy because they can't pay their – does that sound familiar? Does that sound like anyone in the United States? Oh, yeah, credit card debt is through the roof. People can't afford anything. They put everything on their credit card. They can't buy a house because, well, it's too expensive. They can't go and buy groceries, well, unless they put it on a credit card. Because things are too expensive. Because the dollar is losing value that much. That is inflation. That is what, what's going on. The, to, rent is ridiculous. I mean, there's reports that even landlords in Houston, Houston is flooded. Houston, the, the buildings have been destroyed, and landlords are still telling their tenants they need to pay their rent. I mean, come on. How much greed do we need in this country? How much money do we need in this country? When is money enough? When is our God enough, which is, which is money? If you don't realize who you are serving at this point and what's going on, then I don't know if you have any hope for yourself. Either you realize you're serving money, the God of the United States, or you realize you're serving God, which is not money, which is not the U.S. dollar, which is not currency in any way. Either you realize that now, or you're not going to realize that. And then you're going to have situations like they're happening in San Diego. You're going to have massive, massive craziness. Everyone's talking about the fires and the hurricanes and stuff, but no one's talking about the hepatitis A outbreak in, in San, San Diego, that it's affecting the homeless population because people can't buy homes. They can't buy apartments. They can't pay rent. They can't find a job, so they're homeless. And all of a sudden, hepatitis A is breaking out all over San Diego. And this is a, a disease that is highly contagious, and it's contaminated by food, water, by someone touching you, and it's breaking out like rampant because we're so afraid of making a profit that we can't provide people a house to live in, so disease is taking over. This is the direction we're headed. This is where we are at because we have chose to worship the wrong God. And you can say we're a Christian nation. Where's the proof? Where is the proof? It's not there. It's never been there. At least in my lifetime, it's never been there. I was told a lie. You go to college. You're, gonna, you're guaranteed a good job directly after that. You're able to buy a house. You're able to have a wife. You're able to have kids. You're able to buy a car. So I went to college got massively in debt, got a job that you couldn't pay off that debt, couldn't buy a house, couldn't pay off that, the mortgage if you did buy a house, couldn't have a family, couldn't buy a car. Where's the truth in any of that? That's long gone. If you're a baby boomer, maybe it was there. But in this millennial generation and the younger generation, it's not there. It's never been there. It's a complete farce. But we still push it down our people's lips or down our people's minds and say, believe this when it's not there. It's not. That is the state of our union. That is where we are at. 
And either you wake up and you realize it, or you don't. Now, after I've gone on my rant, I got a little just tidbit to say. You know, we have a meeting that's happening with the UN. It's supposed to start December or September 12th and is going to go through the 17th, where the President of the United States, Donald Trump, is going to meet with the head of the Palestinian Authority and the Israeli nation to talk about peace in the Middle East. We know that his son-in-law has been pushing on this very drastically, and we know that the ultimate dealmaker, Donald Trump, has said this is his number one agenda. With everything else going on in the world, is this going to happen? Is this truth? What have we said to you that's not truth? What have we said to you that has not come to pass? All of this stuff is happening. I mean, look at what we talked about with the hurricanes. Look at what we talked about with the economy. Look at what we talked about with North Korea. Everything is coming to pass. And now everything that happened in Syria Everything that happened in in Israel, everything that's happening with Iran, Turkey, everything you can think of is happening. Is it just ultimately just going to come to a stop and say, oh, well, you know, we're we're done. Let's just stop right here. Everything's wonderful. It just stops. Peace. Or is it going to escalate? Well, I think it's time for all of us to look deep down inside of us and see really lies. That's my piece, Matthew, and I'll hand it back to you, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about this. I just went over to uh, the National Fire Protection Association website. I want to do some historical researches because there was uh, something Clinton said that pricked me. And when you prick me, I bleed. Everybody needs to consider this. Riddle me, ladies and gentlemen. Please, by all means, riddle me. In 2015, there was 388,000 residential home fires. In 1977, there was twice that, ladies and gentlemen, or 1.93 times that. So then I thought to myself, who can I go to? Where can I find what I need to, to, to find? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Search Red Cross Home Fires 2017. You see, because I'm alive, I don't worship mammon. The Lord, he is God, and besides him there is no other as far as I'm concerned. Everything else, everything, all people, places, things are all irrelevant compared to the Lord my God. Here's what I found. This is straight off of the Red Cross website. Unusual weather patterns and dramatic rise in home fire response prompt Red Cross to urge support for families impact. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was 
published on April the 11th, 2017. In just the first quarter of 2017, Red Cross workers in communities nationwide have responded to an unusually high number of multifamily fires, more than three times the number the year before. In addition, the Weather Channel reports 27 people were killed by tornadoes so far this year. Now, take note, ladies and gentlemen, this is as of April the 11th. Let me continue, which is already more than the tornado-related deaths, which is 17 so far, in all of 2016. For disasters like these, the Red Cross is there to provide support to those in need. Ladies and gentlemen, this is absolutely off the chart. They had no idea what was coming back in April the 11th. Ladies and gentlemen, I see where this is going. Ladies and gentlemen, I know where it must go. Does anybody have a clue about what I'm about ready to – here, let me just throw it out there. What is the Watts Rebellion? Do you have any idea what, what, what that is? You probably don't. Do you know the Rodney King riots? Now that you know, right? Well, that was nothing compared to the Watts Rebellion that happened from August the 11th to 16th. 1965. You know, do yourself a favor and do a search for house burnings because everybody knows what happens when the rubber hits the road. They won't talk about it, but ladies and gentlemen, you know, Clinton made very large proclamations about the POTUS going through and going door to door and raiding people and busting down their doors and exporting them. Well, let me tell you what happened always historically when the government wouldn't do their duly elected jobs. I'll tell you. The townspeople would get together and go burn their house down. Don't you know that's where we're going? Ladies and gentlemen, I know my history, and I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter where you go on this planet. Let, let, let me push the many, many people that are just professing Christians in this, in this country that are not citizens of this country. You need to go. Please, for the love of God, take you and your spouse… And your little ones, and you need to go where you have citizenship because it doesn't matter what country you go to, ladies and gentlemen. History screams out that when the economy crashes in a place and there's not enough jobs to go around and people can't scrape up enough… Money to even pay for one meal for their family a day. Oh my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, they're going to come for you and your spouse and your, your little ones because you don't belong here. You're, ladies and gentlemen, just please go where you're supposed to be.
you know, I can beg and I can plead, but, you know, I can't make you do what's right. You know, the Brian and I have many thousands of hours of private conversations recorded. We could go through there and present them to you that me and Brian aren't here because we want to be here. Me and Brian would have fled a long time ago. Brian and I are stuck here. That's why I'm not wealthy, ladies and gentlemen, because look, like I said, I mean, I'm sure that the ones that Brian recorded, you know, he's he's up on the the computer crap. I'm sure they're, they've got time stamped. I mean, we can prove to you beyond any shadow of a doubt. Brian and I have said this many times, even publicly. That's why we don't have money. Because if God was to give us money, we would go as close to where Jesus walked as we could. We, we would just flee this place. And I understand that's what you did, fleeing from Mexico or fleeing from... Uh, you know, uh, Colombia, or I don't know, Ireland, or you know, Scotland, wherever you fled from. But, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I haven't fled because please no one understand that it is well within my physical and mental capability to break my borders and go wherever I want to. But I haven't because that's not lawful for me to do. Please, for the love of God, I know that many of you, especially the great swath of people that come here from Mexico that are Catholics, please, either get your citizenship or go back to where you have citizenship because, well, that's where God's going to protect you. Understand that? God's not going to protect you in sin. Let me explain something to you. You do understand why the scapegoat ritual had to be performed, right? Oh my goodness, you don't, do you? Ladies and gentlemen, why did one of the sacrifices have to be for a spasm? You really don't know, do you? Oh, my goodness. Look, God is not going to protect you in your sin. It's like many, many, many of the people that call themselves Christians that had been tricked that they were once saved, always saved. I mean, let me just mention names. Let me mention Mike. Mike was... An esteemed school teacher because he was also a football coach and a basketball coach at the high school he was at. He reached much acclaim and and fame because he had a winning team. But he thought he was once saved, always saved, and he liked alcohol, and he was celebrating one of the victories. And on the way home… 
he killed a mother and her baby, and off to prison he went and completely ruined his career because God did not protect him in his rebellion. You know, it's the Bible says that you should take one glass of alcohol a day. And that's fine if you drink at home. That's fine. But the law says you cannot drink and drive. So if you do that, God will not protect you in rebellion. He did not send his son to sacrifice himself and spill his blood for a license for liciousness. Do you know what liciousness is in Greek? It means operating outside of law. It means you're absolutely lawless. Please don't beg me. I'm absolutely begging of you people to hurry. Wherever you're a citizen of, you need to get there as soon as you can. You're here in rebellion, and God's not going to honor you. Look at it this way. You know the parable of the wedding banquet, right? Do you know what happened when the father showed up and started asking questions? Because he could see right through their garments. He could see the rebellion, and he dealt with it accordingly. And I don't want that on you or your spouse or your children. For the love of God, just be lawful. Uh, you probably don't even want to listen to what I have to say anyway, so let's... Uh... Let's take a listen to what the Lord our God had to say to Job uh, as we continue our excursion into the book of Job for our uh, breaks. This is Job, the 26th chapter through the 30th chapter. You are listening to the End Time Tribune. The Book of Job Chapter 26. But Job answered and said, How hast thou helped him that is without power? How savest thou the arm that hath no strength? How hast thou counseled him that hath no wisdom? And how hast thou plentifully declared the things it is? To whom hast thou uttered words, and whose spirit came from thee? Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. Hell is naked before him and destruction hath no covering. He stretcheth out the north over the empty place, and hangeth the earth upon nothing. He bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not rent under them. He holdeth back the face of his throne, and spreadeth his cloud upon it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds, until the day and night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble, and are astonished at his reproof. He divideth the sea with his power, and by his understanding he smiteth through the proud. By his spirit he hath garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. Lo, these are parts of his ways. 
but how little a portion is heard of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Chapter 27 Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth, who hath taken away my judgment, and the Almighty, who hath vexed my soul, all the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. God forbid that I should justify you. Till I die, I will not remove mine integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast, and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Let mine enemy be as the wicked, and he that riseth up against me as the unrighteous. For what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he hath gain, when God taketh away his soul? Will God hear his cry when trouble cometh upon him? Will he delight himself in the Almighty? Will he always call upon God? I will teach you by the hand of God. That which is with the Almighty will I not conceal. Behold, all ye yourselves have seen it. Why then are ye thus altogether vain? This is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage of oppressors which they shall receive of the Almighty. If his children be multiplied, it is for the sword, and his offspring shall not be satisfied with bread. Those that remain of him shall be buried in death, and his widows shall not weep. Though he heap up silver as the dust, and prepare raiment as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just shall put it on, and the innocent shall divide the silver. He buildeth his house as a moth, and as a booth that the keeper maketh. The rich man shall lie down, but he shall not be gathered. He openeth his eyes, and he is not. Terrors take hold on him as waters. A tempest stealeth him away in the night. The east wind carrieth him away, and he departeth, and as a storm hurleth him out of his place. For God shall cast upon him and not spare. He would fain flee out of his hand. Men shall clap their hands at him, and shall hiss him out of his place. Chapter 28 Surely there is a vein for the silver, and a place for gold where they find it. Iron is taken out of the earth, and brass is molten out of the stone. He setteth an end to darkness, and searcheth out all perfection, the stones of darkness and the shadow of death. The flood breaketh out from the inhabitant, even the waters forgotten of the foot. They are dried up, they are gone away from men. As for the earth, out of it cometh bread, and under it is turned up as it were fire. The stones of it are the place of sapphires, and it hath dust of gold. There is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eye hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock, he overturneth the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. But where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, It is not in me, and the sea saith, It is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above ruby. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom? 
And where is the place of understanding, seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air? Destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Chapter 29. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter, and the rock poured me out rivers of oil, when I went out to the gate through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street. The young men saw me and hid themselves, and the aged arose and stood up, the princes refrained talking and laid their hand on their mouth. The nobles held their peace, and their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouth. When the ear heard me, then it blessed me. And when the eye saw me, it gave witness to me, because I delivered the poor that cried, and the fatherless, and him that had none to help him. The blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. I was eyes to the blind, and feet was I to the lame. I was a father to the poor, and the cause which I knew not I searched out. And I break the jaws of the wicked, and plucked the spoil out of his teeth. Then I said, I shall die in my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the sand. My root was spread out by the waters, and the dew lay all night upon my branch. My glory was fresh in me, and my bow was renewed in my hand. Unto me men gave ear, and waited, and kept silence at my counsel. After my words they spake not again, and my speech dropped upon them. And they waited for me as for the rain, and they opened their mouth wide as for the latter rain. If I laughed on them, they believed it not, and the light of my countenance they cast not down. I chose out their way, and sat chief, and dwelt as a king in the army, as one that comforteth the mourners. Chapter 30 But now, they that are younger than I, have me in derision, whose fathers I would have disdained to have set with the dogs of my flock. Yea, whereto might the strength of their hands profit me, in whom old age was perished? For want and famine they were solitary, fleeing into the wilderness in former time desolate and waste who cut up mallows by the bushes and juniper roots for their meat. They were driven forth from among men. They cried after them as after a thief, to dwell in the cliffs of the valleys, in caves of the earth and in the rocks. Among the bushes they brayed, under the nettles they were gathered together. They were children of fools, yea, children of base men. They were viler than the earth. And now am I their song. Yea, I am their byword. They abhor me, they flee far from me, and spare not to spit in my face. Because he hath loosed my cord, and afflicted me, they have also let loose the bridle before me. 
Upon my right hand rise the youth. They push away my feet, and they raise up against me the ways of their destruction. They mar my path. They set forward my calamity. They have no helper. They came upon me as a wide breaking in of waters. In the desolation, they rolled themselves upon me. Terrors are turned upon me. They pursue my soul as the wind, and my welfare passeth away as a cloud. And now my soul is poured out upon me. The days of affliction have taken hold upon me. My bones are pierced in me in the night season, and my sinews take no rest. By the great force of my disease is my garment changed. It bindeth me about as the collar of my coat. He hath cast me into the mire, and I am become like dust and ashes. I cry unto thee, and thou dost not hear me. I stand up, and thou regardest me not. Thou art become cruel to me. With thy strong hand thou opposest thyself against me. Thou liftest me up to the wind. Thou causest me to ride upon it, and dissolvest my substance. For I know that thou wilt bring me to death, and to the house appointed for all living. Howbeit he will not stretch out his hand to the grave, though they cry in his destruction. Did not I weep for him that was in trouble? Was not my soul breathed for the poor? When I looked for good, then evil came unto me. And when I waited for light, there came darkness. My bowels boiled and rested not. The days of affliction prevented me. I went mourning without the sun. I stood up and I cried in the congregation. I am a brother to dragons and a companion to owls. My skin is black upon me, and my bones are burned with heat. My harp also is turned to mourning, and my organ into the voice of them that weep. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. <clears throat> Let me just point out something that we just listened to. Job chapter 28, I hope that you realize that Nikolai Tesla, his dad was a preacher. His dad could riddle. You need to understand that this is a historical fact that in 1893, the War of the Currents was officially over because Tesla lit the World Fair. Ladies and gentlemen, he the whole reason why dams can be used for electricity is because of Tesla, because ladies and gentlemen, he knew that his name was twice in Job chapter twenty eight. You see what you call H fifty five forty one Silo. That is to – what is to hang or to weigh or contend. Twice in Job chapter 28, is, it is prefixed with a tob. It is pronounced what you say, Tesla. was his name, Tesla. You will take note that – let me just read. I mean we just listened to it, but listen to it in this light. Starting with verse 11, he bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth into light. Ladies and gentlemen, it's exactly what an energy-producing plant does 
by way of hydroelectric power used in a dam. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where he got the idea. You need to understand the, yeah. verse 12. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Don't you realize that the Tesla family knew, realized why God was riddling them this way. Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. Ladies and gentlemen, during this very time, the God-haters were beginning to flourish with their idea that there was no God, there is no spirit. But of course they begin to realize that, well… This has got to have something to do with electricity, the spark of life, they call it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's how they're able to detect your brain waves. Anyway, <laughs> verse 13. Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me. And the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with gold of Ophir, the precious onyx, or the sapphire, the gold, and the crystal cannot equal it. And the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal to it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. And here we go with the riddle again. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Don't you realize, ladies and gentlemen, this diatribe is a perfect list of conductible material and those very things which our perfect for the utilization of insulators, especially on top of transformers or – oh, you won't listen, will you? You just won't listen. Anyway, just so you know, uh, Tesla's father could riddle. And he knew the Bible was God's holy word. I, I guess I need to apologize for, for taking up Brian's time. Uh, Brian, please jump in the saddle here, and uh, let's get busy with your diatribe. Oh, oh! before I do that, um, Clinton, did you have any uh, comments on what I said or, uh, or further comments? And then, Brian, you can… Uh, after Clinton does or does not have any comments, you can uh, you can comment on what he and I said before you get uh, on with your news diatribe. I need to try to be proper in my place. Uh, so, Clinton, do you have any comments? You know, the the only thing I have to say is is just you know we we need to just make sure our eyes are open and we're watching what's going on and that we cherish everyone around us. And we try to look at the good in the world, 
um, even with all the, the craziness is happening. Um, you know, I, I, I truly believe that as darkness increases, the good increases as well. And, and we need to focus on the good so that way our light can shine uh, during this dark time. And, and we must shine because, well, that's, that's what we're here for. Amen. Brian, jump on in here. Um, get us riding, buddy. All righty. Well, I mean, I think it's, some of this is going to build on some of the stuff that you guys talked about a little bit uh, earlier. We've definitely had some rather large events break out on the geopolitical level. The big one this week, which we had obviously touched on last week, is the uh, oil yen gold triad and there's an article that came out of uh, AT Times earlier in the week called the real BRICS bombshell which they just had that huge meeting last week with the uh, BRICS nations um, with uh, what is it Brazil, Russia, India and uh, China which is rather ironic that India is part of that considering those China and India seem to be having a lot of mega problems between each other. So, but nonetheless, there's uh, partway down in this article, uh, you know, meet the oil yen, uh, yen gold triad. I'll read what's uh, in here. Let's see here. It's when uh, President Putin starts talking that the BRICS reveals their true bombshell. Geopolitically and geoeconomically, Putin. Ephesus on a fair multipolar world and against protectionism and new barriers in global trade. The message is straight to the point. The Syria game changer where Beijing silently but firmly supported Moscow had to be evoked. It was largely thanks to the efforts of Russia and other concerned countries that conditions have been created to improve the situation in Syria. On the Korean Peninsula, it is clear how Russia and China think in unison. The situation is balancing on, a brink, on the brink of a large-scale conflict. Putin's judgment is as scathing as the Russia-China proposed possible solution is sound. Putting pressure on Yang to stop its nuclear missile program is misguided and futile. The region's problems should only be settled through a direct dialogue of all the parties concerned without any preconditions. Putin and Xi's concept of a multilateral order is clearly visible in the wide-ranging Xi'anaman Declaration, which proposes an Afghan-led and Afghan-owned peace and national reconciliation process, including the Moscow format of consultations and the heart of Asia-Istanbul process. That's called for an all-Asian and not Western Afghan solution brokered by the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, led by Russia and China, and of which Afghanistan is an observer and future full member. And then Putin delivers the clincher. Russia shares the BRICS country's concern over the unfairness of the global financial and economic architecture, 
which does not give due regard to the growing weight of the emerging economies. We're ready to work together with our partners to promote international financial regulation reforms and to overcome the excessive domination of the limited number of reserve currencies. To overcome the excessive domination of the limited number of reserve currencies is the politest way of stating what the BRICS have been discussing for years now, how to bypass the U.S. dollar as well as the petrodollar. Beijing is ready to step up the game. Soon China will launch a crude oil futures contract priced in yen and convertible into gold. This means that Russia as well as Iran... The other key note of Eurasia integration may bypass U.S. sanctions by trading energy in their own currencies or in yen. Inbuilt in the move is a true Chinese win-win. The yen will be fully convertible into gold on both the Shanghai and Hong Kong exchanges. The new triad of oil, yen, and gold is actually a win-win, no problem at all, if energy providers prefer to be paid in physical gold instead of yen. The message is the U.S. dollar is being bypassed. Russia and China via the Russia Central Bank, the People's Bank of China, have been developing ruble-yen swaps for quite a while now. Once the move beyond the BRICS to aspiring BRICS Plus members, and then all across the global south, Washington's reaction is bound to be nuclear, hopefully not literally. Washington's strategic doctrines rules the Russia-China should not be allowed by any means to be preponderant along the Eurasian landmass. Yet what the BRICS have in store geoeconomically does not concern only Eurasia, but the whole global south. Sections of the War Party in Washington bent on instrumentalizing against India, against China, or against Russia-China may be in for a rude awakening. As much of the... uh, As much as the BRICS may be currently facing varied ways of economic turmoil, the darling long-term roadmap way beyond the Xanamun Declaration is very much in place. And the Xanamun Declaration was published on the 4th of this month, I believe, off the top of my head. And yes, it brings up what's going on with Afghanistan and the possibility of... Russia and China and Central Asia taking more of a, I don't know if they're speaking of a diplomatic role or if they could possibly end up getting involved militarily, that would uh something to be seen. But nonetheless, it's a pretty serious circumstance as far as the amount of sway that Russia and China is continually gaining in the world as we speak. It just continues to escalate and escalate and escalate to the point where America's really beginning to get pushed in the corner. And I don't foresee that the uh, the oil barons and the bankers and all the lobbying military factors are going to just stand by and do nothing about this. Yet the problem is, is they're going to always do these things as they do covertly. And one of the big things that was brought up earlier in the week as well is basically the massive uh, embarrassment and problems that this is causing the leader of China as far as North Korea is concerned. Because every time something major is going on, 
for instance, we had the one belt, one road uh, conference that happened earlier in the year, and what happened, North Korea shoots off a missile. This time around, they're in the middle of the BRICS topics. What happens? They go and test this massive nuclear weapon. So you begin to kind of ponder in your mind if there's a little bit more of a reason why it is that the Pakistani nuclear scientist was allowed to put the plans for nuclear weapons into North Korea's hand because they seem to be setting things in a way that's causing a lot of problems for China as we speak, and it's allowed the Western military along with the United States military along with South Korea, Japan, and so forth are now flanking all over the Korean Peninsula. This is putting China and Russia right in a nasty little spot. And tactically speaking now, I think we're beginning to understand why they let that Pakistani nuclear scientist do what he did years back. And this is where we go back into this again. We had another warning come out earlier in this week. India Army Chief, we must prepare for simultaneous war with China and Pakistan. Now, once again, you have three major nuclear powers possibly getting ready to have a standoff here. And this has been building for a while between these nations. We had the uh, 10-week standoff with the Chinese army in the Himalayas not too far back here that was, well, it was rather interesting. It um, turned into a boxing match where the guys started beating each other up with their fists. So, I mean, at least they could keep it to that and not pull out guns. So, you know, I suppose at least on that end, that was sort of positive. Let's see here. We'll get to that in a moment. Myanmar has been majorly all over the news this week as more and more and more of the refugees are continuing to flood out of the area um, with the uh, nationalist Buddhist attacking and completely flushing all the uh, Muslims out of there. It's just completely built to an extensive uh, explosive factor there as well. And once again, that goes right back into One Belt, One Road. That's one of the main major uh, trade stops along the way. And, of course, we're seeing trouble there. More into Asia. Philippine leader says no way he'll do deal with Islamist rebels. And we've had fighting going on there for quite some time now with groups that are aligned with the Islamic State. They've been in martial law for quite some time, and that's been building up extensively. Go over to the Middle East. Earlier this week, we had Israeli warplanes scramble, and apparently there's reports that they fired from Lebanon airspace into a Syrian uh, weapons factory, I guess is what it was. There's a possibility they suspected that they were going to get guided rockets into the hands of Hezbollah, and Israel basically made the call, went in and took out that base and injured up between two to seven people, depending on the reports you look at. Now, at the same time, Syria and Lebanon both are basically complaining to the UN about this act of war that was just committed by Israel with taking out these bases. And once again, in the news this week, 
the report started to surface stating that Syria was behind the chemical attacks that happened earlier in the year where United States warships rolled up and started unloading Tomahawk cruise missiles on Syria. And, you know, I find it ironic that we've gone back around to once again uh, stating that it was uh, the forces of Syria that were behind this when they just have released not too far back, which you'll find nowhere in Western news sources, that they found chemical uh, weapons that were made by the United States and Britain right there sitting in the terrorists' hands. And they're still spinning this story right back around again. I'm trying to think of other developments we've had here. Uh, Once again, this Egypt thing is still sort of in a state of confusion as uh, the United States and Egypt are still in the midst of talks about the funding that was cut off. But something interesting I found out earlier this week is there, you know, it's like 95 million, I believe is the amount of money that was cut off from uh, Egypt. But this goes into a bit of a twofold uh, situation for one, Russia has begun to develop fairly close ties with Egypt once again. And the same goes with Libya in that as well. But it turns out that on top of it, as of 2014, the United Arab Emirates has been funding Egypt with worth over $10 billion. They've got massive aid going into Egypt out of the United Arab Emirates. So this move, this cutting of funding, well, they have other allies all throughout the Middle East that, you know, this is one of them circumstances where I think um, the administration in the United States might want to play this carefully because sending Egypt into a bit of a spin and having them make old alliances again could prove to be very dangerous. And I mean, what this is another big one. This just came out within the last few hours. It's a new law, um, Aliat Shaked, that is promoting an is is this new law, Aliat Shaked, promoting an Israeli attempt to annex the West Bank, and this is once again about the Great Big Settlers movement, where um, they're going in and grabbing up the houses, and now the law has it set in a place where they can legally buy the houses from what has been listed as being illegal settlements. So this is, of course. Uh, Something I've kind of warned to watch for is moves by Israel to possibly grab up more areas of settlement. But nonetheless, uh, going into Israel again, we had more stuff break out with the scandals with Netanyahu. Netanyahu's wife up on uh, charges for um, a scandal of fraud, basically, it turns out this week. With funding, I can't remember exactly what it was there. Funding being taken out of something or another. Well, let's see here. More back over to China going into the Balkans. We have China moving into Serbia, and it reaps benefits with strings attached. And we've got a great big deal being set up between Serbia and China, which, of course, the European Union's not too keen on. 
And we have surveillance photos showing Russian intelligence officers plotting a Montajero coup. Now, this is something that's been talked about for quite some time, and now there's claims that they have uh, proof behind uh, Russia's involvement with this coup that could have happened here in Montajero. Let's see, Qatar once again. Saudi Arabia and Qatar are back and forth and back and forth again this week. Uh, the Saudi Arabian prince had discussions with Qatar, and immediately things went south, and once again they were back to square one. And now we have Trump is in here, uh, spoke with them separately on Friday between Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Qatar trying to iron things out. And who knows how much longer this is going to stay in its current condition. They're still, uh, last week, Qatar basically reset their uh, alliances with Iran in motion, which basically boils down to a gas pipeline. And this is still causing all sorts of massive issues throughout there. So who knows how much longer that's going to stay in the circumstance that it is. But nonetheless... You know, this still goes back into the Iranian crescent that I spoke about last week. And we still see indications that that's getting much stronger throughout there, especially with Israel now after warning um, Putin and the talks that he had last week between Netanyahu and Putin about this buildup in Syria. And if things keep on the course that they're seeing, if they see any bases, they're going to immediately go in and take them out. So... Honestly, what we saw this week was nothing more than a reaction to what was already warned about the week before. So this is just continuing to build in that direction. And then, of course, we still have more building up with the Kurdish referendum that's over the horizon here. And there's one uh, that came out of the Middle, I, Middle East, I.net, just within the last few hours. The Kurdish referendum threatens to explode the region's struggle over nationalism and it's one of the defense ministers here uh, I believe it's a defense minister in Turkey is warning about the fact that this could cause Turkey to declare war on the Kurdish people outside within Erbil and we know full well that this is going to cause a lot of tension and if this independence referendum comes about it's going to break up the borders of Iraq which still is not even remotely close to being stabilized Trying to think of what else we had here throughout the week. Now, I guess that's all I got for the time being. More stuff will come back to mind, but it's just been... Those odds and ends are the main things to keep an eye on throughout this week. Outside of, uh, obviously, all the major national natural disasters that keep hitting the United States. And, you know, i got to kind of throw an offhanded statement in here. You know, everybody's been running around claiming we were going to have four years of grace uh, because of this new commander-in-chief coming in. So much for that, huh? That's my last statement there. <laughs> ah yes, the Bry, a true smart aleck. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Riddle me. I wonder if anybody in Houston that voted for this POTUS 
I wonder what they're thinking about that four years of grace. Hmm. Brian <clears throat> really did bring up uh, some good reminders that everybody should, should should realize. The world is turning away from dealing in the dollar. Now, I've got to ask Clinton a question here because this was uh, part of uh, the weekly riddle about the scapegoat etymology. Uh, here, okay, okay, okay. Uh, one hint, and uh, for the hint, I put in H4216 because it contains one of the anagrams for Marath in Hebrew. And I put, where is Amy? Because I knew she would jump all over this. Well, she responded, but not the way I expected her to respond. She, she put, sorry, been busy. Need to pray. Should go on the air with a prayer session. By the way, which we did. She asked me to do a prayer session, so we did. Uh, continuing on with her uh, response. I have a feeling we need it bad right now. Fires and hurricanes, etc. FEMA is broke, and I got an email today confirming what Clinton said about Trump's tax break out in the open. Now about investments in tech companies returning assets to U.S. from offshore. Now, Clinton, you said something about this creating stag inflation. Um, I'm not sure what email she got, but I'm pretty sure, knowing Amy, it was in an, in an official capacity. It must have been from uh, some special group uh, or perhaps a newsletter that she got this information in. So what is she talking about the Trump tax break is going to uh, uh, return investments to the U.S. from offshore? Uh, how is that going to trigger – uh, this inflation you're talking about. Can you explain that uh, for me personally? Uh, because she put your name in here, so so I need to get some clarification because everybody knows I don't do stocks. I do verses. Uh, so uh, can you elaborate on that, Clinton, please? Yeah, not a problem. Uh, the, the stag deflation is completely different than inflation. And, and what the tax reform is going to do is it's going to allow all of the U.S. dollars that are trapped overseas. And the only reason I say trapped overseas is because the companies don't want to pay taxes on them. They could bring the money to the United States right now if they wanted to, but they just don't want to pay taxes. So, so they choose to leave them overseas. Now, what, what happens is, is once they pass this tax reform that, that Donald Trump wants to push through, it's going to allow all of this money to come over from overseas, all of these U.S. dollars that are worthless everywhere else or going to be worthless everywhere else to come to the United States all at one time. And that's going to make it to where all of a sudden you have the amount of surplus of the U.S. dollar in the United States go from, say, well, just on a uh, scale to make it easy. Uh, right now it's a scale of, uh, of 1 to 100. It's on a 5. This will allow it from, to go from 5 to, say, mm, 95. So that would mean all of this money flowing in, you would have a massive influx of U.S. dollars coming into the U.S. market, which 
supply and demand. If you have more dollars coming in, then the demand is less because there's more of them out there. So the value goes down, which means that all of a sudden the value of the dollar tanks. And that's what we're experiencing with the rise of the euro. So once this tax plan goes through, all of this money is going to go into the United States, which means the value of the dollar is going to go very, very low, which means the price of everything is going to go through the roof, which is inflation, which is exactly what we're seeing in Venezuela. So, so what she is talking about is exactly what their plan is. Now, there's a brief period of time where they bring the price down on things so because the whole the whole game of buy low sell high is you bring the price down you then buy at that point and then the price goes up that's the game of our capitalist capitalistic society so they're going to bring the price down they're going to allow all this currency to come in and buy true assets real estate gold stocks whatever kind of assets you can think of land they're going to buy that with this worthless dollar that's only going to be valuable in the United States for a short period of time. And they're going to buy everything. When that happens, then the value of the dollar tanks and you're going to be, the dollar is going to be as worth as the toilet paper that you wipe your behind with. That, that's basically what it's going to come down to. Well, <clears throat> so let let me understand this correctly. What should happen is laws should be passed to force these companies to pay taxes on their assets overseas. That's what should happen. Instead of that money being used to pay taxes, for some strange reason… The POTUS wants to let this money come back to the United States instead of paying taxes, which would help the American people. They're going to say they don't have to pay taxes. Is that what you're saying? No, the taxes are already on the books. It's just the corporations choose not to pay the taxes. That, that's the plan. Is, is they, they can bring the money over anytime they want to. They just don't want to but they don't, because they don't want to pay right, taxes. Right, because they have to pay taxes. Right, that's what I said, yeah. because they have to pay taxes. So which the, those taxes would – oh my goodness. Pick a city, Clinton, any city, any city right now. I mean even the, the school system in any city right now needs those taxes to be paid. So why on earth would any POTUS say that you don't have to worry about – paying taxes. Go ahead and bring your money back. You need to explain to me why he would do that. Well, look at Greece. That doesn't... They, they, did the same thing. they did the same thing with Greece. The whole point is, is with Greece, when, when they went to bail out that country, they caused Greece to, to sell their assets. So they sold their capital. They sold their major bridges. They sold their major assets to private investors to raise capital to pay off their loans to the banks. The same thing is going to happen in the United States. They're going to sell off their major assets to pay off you know, whatever it may be. And the buyers are going to be these major corporations when this tax plan goes through. So you're saying that literally by 
putting this bill on the table, it is literally, by definition, proving we are actually in a kleptocracy, not a democracy. This is a kleptocracy. Exactly. Because, because ladies and gentlemen, of course all the senators and all the congressmen are going to sign this bill. Of course they are. They're not senators and congressmen. They're kleptocrats. They all oh – my, oh my goodness. This generation don't even understand uh, what conflict means. It means if there's a senator that owns, let's say, a daycare, that senator is not allowed to vote on anything that concerns daycares because he owns that business. That's a direct conflict. But, but that's all we have. That's all we have. That's the only reason why they even vote. I mean, it's common knowledge. Let's say the people in uh, – let's just be random. Um, uh, oh my goodness, my brain is scrambled. Um, let's say you're in Delaware. Look, you poor people in Delaware need to understand that your senator and congressman, they never vote on your behalf. They vote based on their business interest and which – Special interest group will pay them the most to vote whichever way. That's why, like, you'll catch Republicans voting pro-abortion. That's why you get Democrats. You'll catch them voting uh, uh, pro-big business because that's a lie, ladies and gentlemen. There's only one party. There's only one government. It's a kleptocracy, and this is literally common knowledge. It's 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 actually common knowledge. So the second part of my question, Brian just said that the whole rest of the world is coming up with inventive ways, and it seems like to me at all cost the old world has determined we need to uh, exchange energy for anything other than dollars. Okay, you're saying that all those dollars that are overseas is going to come back to the United States. What's going to happen when? Well, let's just erase what you said before. Let's just forget about that. What does that mean in of itself? What does it mean when the rest of the world stops trading, uh, uh, doing their business in the dollars? Just what does that mean? Clinton, just explain that part to me, and don't include the other part that you mentioned before. Just, just what does that part mean? What, what will that make happen? Well, the only reason the dollar has any relevance is because to buy oil, you have to exchange your currency. Say it's the yuan. You have to exchange it into the U.S. dollar and then use the dollar to buy oil. Well, China just made it to where you can just completely cut out the middleman, which is the U.S. dollar, and buy oil directly with yuan, and then you can trade the yuan into gold. So they back their currency in gold. So basically, you have no need whatsoever for the U.S. dollar. So only economies that need 
the U.S. dollar are going to use the dollar. Otherwise, they're going to use the yuan. So in the case of Venezuela, Venezuela is massively in debt. They are going to stop trading their oil in U.S. dollar. They're going to start trading it in the yuan. So in essence, their debt is in the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is no longer used around the world and has no value. No one will use it to buy anything. Their debt goes to zero as well. That is the same thing with the United States. If the United States has their debt in the U.S. dollar and no one in the world uses the U.S. dollar, their debt goes to zero because no one uses the dollar. That's, that's the game. Okay, so, so what that means is if nobody else uses the dollar, you mean that the dollar's value would decrease, right? I mean the dollar's value would be zero. And so that's why they're transferring the U.S. dollar into assets, which is real estate or corporations or stocks or gold or silver or whatever else it may be. Now, is they're trying to transfer this worthless currency into something that's now, tangible. Now, now, wait a minute. Let's get back to what you said before. You said the kleptocracy was going to pass this bill. That means that all these overseas assets don't have to get pay taxes on. And you said that we're going to use that money to buy up assets. That's what you just said. You just said that just now. Then I ask you the second part of the question. What would happen when the world don't trade in dollars anymore? And you said the exact same thing. They would wait till the value of the dollar crashes come up over here in the United States and buy up all the assets. So you're literally saying that the only reason why the kleptocracy would do this was because they already knew that the rest of the world was going to stop using the dollar. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you understand what Clinton's trying to say? These are two separate events that's going to happen at the exact same time. Don't you realize what – Clinton, has this ever happened before in the United States? Not in the United States. Um, this is the first time in the entire world's history that every single currency ha is not backed by gold or backed okay, by let some other – so, so no, this is the first time the United States has ever experienced anything like this. Okay, explain to me the crash of 1929. Now, then it was backed in gold, right? Yeah. Okay. What would happen if we was to go back in time to 1929 and our currency was not backed by gold? The Great Depression better or worse? Well, the Depression was because of the restriction of currency. I mean, a nickel back then was worth a lot of money. So there wasn't a lot of money out there. And it's because it was tied to gold. So they could only print a certain amount of money based on how much gold they had. Now they can print as much money as they have because it's not tied to gold. 
So back in the Great Depression, they could have created inflation and print out so much money to make it worth a nickel is worth 20 bucks, and then everyone would be able to buy whatever they needed to. But now since it's not pegged to gold, that is the issue we have is there is no basis on anything, and ultimately it's an illusion to where it can just go to infinity and, and there's nothing stopping do you understand what you're saying, Clinton? What, ladies and gentlemen, do any of you not understand what Clinton's saying? He's saying what's coming is we don't even have a gauge. He's saying that, no, you can't use the Great Depression as a gauge because the currency was backed in tangible assets. He's saying we're going someplace that's that's literally a science fiction horror show. The only comparison that I can give is in Zimbabwe in 2008. Their currency went to the point that it was worthless to where people had to wheelbarrow paper amounts of currency in and trade it in and they had to weigh it instead of count it because the currency was worthless. I'm I'm sorry. You just said something very biblical. You you mean they had so many dollars that you couldn't count them at the cash register so they would just weigh them because they knew how much the dollar weighed but the Lord our God screams, Clinton. There's so many verses about weights and measures. Ladies and gentlemen, that that means this can only be a biblical event we're talking about. Oh, my goodness. Brian, your thoughts on this? Um I mean, I know you've you've literally been able to see a lot of this take place because uh, – well, you seem to be in a test bed there. I, I don't know why, but you're in a test bed there. You've made several mentions of about the Koch brothers' operations there, uh, and you said something very strange to me the other day. So why don't you talk about that publicly? You said you knew a school teacher, and they did something. The government did something to cut the teacher's pay or something, and that teacher quit because she couldn't um, – you said uh, she couldn't – well, make ends meet, but you said something particular to me in private. You said she couldn't pay rent or something. So most of our listeners have no idea because – well, what, everybody knows that if you're a school teacher, you make pretty good salary, got pretty good benefits, so – so, Brian, why don't you just describe what happened to the school teacher? Because she quit because she wasn't making enough money. Is is that correct? Am I remembering that correctly? Well, yeah, we had the massive, uh, oh, what was it? The massive bills that were put into effect by Scott Walker here back in 2010, with the rise of the infamous Tea Party movement, which ended up being the uh, crux in the Obama administration, which brought in the, you know, the famous, everybody calls it the party of no. Well, that's, folks, it's like I've said before, you're not dealing with these standard atypical 
Republican Party any longer. This was a third faction. And you don't even realize it happened until you sit down and look at the history of it, that we had a whole new group of people completely storm the White House at that point in time. And much of this current administration has many of those remaining factors. And all of this was bought and paid for by the Koch brothers, who are their infamous oil barons. And they're, I believe, set at like the second richest uh, people world and they have great big get-togethers every year where they have multi-millionaire billionaires sitting down chucking all their money out at different um, private organizations that go in and basically tailor propaganda into the advertising and news and basically hit all the lobbying fronts, have massive amounts of money going into elections. But when they hit here, what that did is they basically hit the unions to completely gut them because their whole mindset was, well, you know, the unions are being used to fund the Democratic Party, so we have to go after them, which I guess was just peachy keen because it allowed them to kick even more money into what is going to turn out being the new tax reform bill that Clinton has been talking about and the new budget that's coming forward. This is all bought and paid for. Written by them, they bought out Supreme Court judges all the way across the board. But yes, when they did that here, it caused massive repercussions for the teachers. They had to end up, a lot of them ended up leaving their jobs because they just weren't getting paid hardly anything anymore. It hit the police departments. It hit all throughout multiple spectrums across Wisconsin and just ultimately caused massive Turmoil. Now we've got on top of it a great big uh, Taiwanese factory that's being used to build LED screens for um, varied odds and ends with technology as well as uh, iPhones with a $13 billion tax break coming into Wisconsin, which is once again, it's causing all kinds of turmoil here. So, you know, and I mean, historically speaking, the thing is that bothers me the most. With the way that we're seeing, you know, for one, having the infamous uh, money being brought out in wheelbarrows, that reminds me of one thing and one thing only, and that's when Germany collapsed right prior to World War II. Because, yes, they were hit hard by, of course, the Depression, but then you had the Roaring Twenties and Thirties come along where they everybody started getting out of that collapse. But then all of a sudden they started spiking everything um, essentially inside of Germany, bringing about ultimate collapse, which as things progressed along, that brought Hitler's party into power and the rest is history from there. But that sets off major alarms for me. And I mean, the main thing I'm keeping my eye out for is I know how the... uh, the bankers and the oil barons and the CIA and all those interlinked entities who are working behind the scenes do things. And that means we need to be watching for activities that are happening behind the scenes. They're going to cause massive turmoil across the planet because I don't see with the way that these, uh, you know, I guess they call them the one percenters, for instance, operate here. They're not going to go out without a fight. So I don't know. I mean, this is a twofold ramification because we see the massive inflation, and then what do we see go around the corner? We see full-blown war. 
And that's what I'm kind of watching for as we speak, trying to see what is it that they're going to pull. Well, you know, that's that's the problem. Because we're in a kleptocracy, because there's no such thing as Republicans and Democrats anymore. Um, Brian, you're so deadly correct. We just have to wait to see what, what they're going to pull. Just like the Germans did. Just like the people of Zimbabwe did. Just like the people in Venezuela right now are doing. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been saying this. You know, you better do what Clinton described they're going to do. That's what you better do. You better start going and buying up assets. and, 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 And let me say this. The only way to get oil in your lamp is to empty your pocketbook, answer people's prayers, and if you're going to invest in something, I strongly suggest you you invest in things like uh, local grocery stores that might be going out of business and buy up all the campgrounds you can. Because don't you understand that if you're uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, let's say from Houston, you could actually call them and tell them, hey, you can come stay at my my campground for free. But you won't do it, will you? You know, ladies and gentlemen, you can't put a Bitcoin in a wheelbarrow because it has no weight. But you're not going to listen to me, are you? You know, maybe all of you need to go old school for a day. Maybe all of you need to get just a just an old Ticonderoga school pencil. And just some ruled notebook paper, and right on the top of it, the definition of a Christian, and just start writing. Just, just, and after you're done, go to someone who you consider to be a saint. That's probably going to be an old person, probably. Have them grade it for you. And tell them that when they ask you, what's this for? Because they're going to. Tell them it's an essay that's been assigned to you by the Holy Spirit. Clinton, your closing comments and your websites, please. You know, the the best uh, advice that I can give to anyone um, is make sure that your your heart is true. Um, and, and what I mean by that is understand what is real in this life. And what is real in this life is 
our God. Plain and simple. That's the only thing that's real in this life. And we have to hold true to that. You know, thank you everyone for your support. Um, you can find me on clintoncowatch.com. My last name is spelled K-O-W-A-C-H. Um, all the news articles we talk about are posted on my Twitter, which is Clinton Co-Watch. Uh, you can just put at Clinton Co-Watch and find me, or you can find me on the, the uh, Diligent Watchman on Podbeam as well. You know, thank you, everyone, for your support, and uh, may God guide you on your journey. Brian, your closing comments and websites, please. Uh, I just, once again, a lot to keep an eye on in the way this uh, definitely within the Eurasian uh, realm, they seem to be rising quite quickly here. So with that said, uh, you can find me at Overt Attention Show on Twitter, overtattentionshow.com, and if you want to email me with any questions, thebandsoftime at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my closing comments. What could I possibly say to you to convince you that I haven't already said? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Can you? Tomorrow, uh, I'm planning on doing a Sunday service. Now that Amy has provided us with a, a premium BTR account, so I can roll whenever I want to. I plan on uh, covering First uh, Corinthians chapter 6. If you're interested, I intend on delivering <laughs> in honor of the memory of Brother Marshall. I'm going to present unto you a Sunday spanking I am. I'm not known for pulling punches. I'm known for telling you exactly what the Bible, God's Holy Word says, whether that's detrimental to me or not. If I'm not doing what it says, I'll be the first to stand up and condemn myself. So, it should be interesting, to say the least. Also, this week, uh, we did a prayer request session via a special request. Maybe that's how I should play it tonight. Maybe the Holy Spirit needs to have the last word. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, whom I serve through the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son and my Savior, I ask that you might fill the listeners with the Holy Spirit so that they might be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, their rock and their redeemer. 
Dear Lord, please give them faith even as your own disciples ask you face to face for faith. I stand in their stead and I ask for them that you might give them faith. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Father, your Son, and my Savior. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matthew Miller, and I have done the best that I could do tonight. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.